0: century New York, she almost felt she was back there rather than where she really was at the moment, nearly 140 years later, in the deserted fifth-floor library of the Museum of African American Culture and History on 55th Street in Midtown Manhattan. As she twisted the dial, the pages streamed past on the grainy screen. Geneva found the rest of the article, which was headlined, Shame. THE ACCOUNT OF A FREEDMAN'S CRIME Charles Singleton, a veteran of the war between the states, betrays the cause of our people in a notorious incident. A picture accompanying the article showed 28-year-old Charles Singleton in his Civil War uniform. He was tall, his hands were large, and the tight fit of the uniform on his chest and arms suggested powerful muscles. "'lips broad, cheekbones high, head round, skin quite dark. "'Staring at the unsmiling face, the calm, piercing eyes, "'the girl believed there was a resemblance between them. "'She had the head and face of her ancestor, "'the roundness of his features, the rich shade of his skin. "'Not a bit of the singleton physique, though. "'Geneva Settle was skinny as a grade-school boy.' as the Delano Project girls love to point out. She began to read once more, but a noise intruded. A click in the room. A door latch? Then she heard footsteps. They paused. Another step. Finally, silence. She glanced behind her, saw nobody, "'She felt a chill, but told herself not to be freaked. "'It was just bad memories that put her on edge. "'The Delano girls wailing on her in the schoolyard "'behind Langston Hughes High. "'And that time Tanya Brown and her crew "'from the St. Nicholas houses dragged her into an alley, "'then pounded her so bad that she lost a back tooth. "'Boys groped, boys dissed, boys put you down, "'but it was the girls who made you bleed.' Get her down. Cut her. Cut the bitch. More footsteps. Another pause. Silence. The nature of this place didn't help. Dim, musty, quiet. And there was no one else here, not at 8.15 on a Tuesday morning. The museum wasn't open yet. Tourists were still asleep or having their breakfasts, but the library opened at 8.00. Geneva had been waiting here when they unlocked the doors. She'd been so eager to read the article. She now sat in a cubicle at the end of a large exhibit hall where faceless mannequins wore nineteenth-century costumes and the walls were filled with paintings of men in bizarre hats, women in bonnets, and horses with whack, skinny legs. Another footstep, then another pause. Should she leave? Go hang with Dr. Barry, the librarian, until this creepy dude left. And then the other visitor laughed. Not a weird laugh, a fun laugh. And he said, Okay, I'll call you later. A snap of a cell phone folding up. That's why he'd been pausing, just listening to the person on the other end of the line. Told you not to worry, girl. People aren't dangerous when they laugh. They aren't dangerous when they say friendly things on cell phones. He'd been walking slowly because that's what people do when they're talking, even though what kind of rude claimer'd make a phone call in a library? Geneva turned back to the microfiche screen, wondering, You get away, Charles? Man, I hope so. "'Yet he regained his footing and, rather than own up to his mischief as a courageous man would do, continued his cowardly flight. "'So much for objective reporting,' she thought angrily. "'For a time he evaded his pursuers, but escape was merely temporary.' "'A negro tradesman on a porch saw the freedman and implored him to stop in the name of justice, "'asserting that he had heard of Mr. Singleton's crime "'and reproaching him for bringing dishonor upon all colored people throughout the nation. "'The citizen one, Walker Lokes, thereupon flung a brick at Mr. Singleton "'with the intent of knocking him down. "'However... "'Charles dodges the heavy stone and turns to the man, shouting, "'I am innocent.' I did not do what the police say.